0: To a subject, probably more in many ways, something we should all know a little bit more about. We know a lot about the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp trial. We should know more about ALS, and it's ALS Awareness Month beginning today. It's no exaggeration to say that a diagnosis of amyotrophic lateral sclerosis means you're living on borrowed time. There's no cure for the progressive neurodegenerative disease, also referred to as Lou Gehrig's disease. And people with ALS face a progressive and devastatingly swift decline in the ability to talk, walk, eat, swallow, even breathe. An estimated 3,000 Canadians live with ALS at any given time. 1,000 die each year. A little earlier this year, we had the great benefit of speaking to Adrian and Greg Gow. He was a lawyer, dad, baseball coach when he was diagnosed with ALS in 2019 at age 48. Adrian told us a bit about both the diagnosis and the impact it's had on their lives.
1: The diagnosis for Greg came on very quickly. Uh, He was a healthy man, um, very healthy man. We were both an active family. And, uh, you know, we had just been on a ski trip the month before as a family. Uh, He came home and started feeling some weakness and tingling in his arm. And uh, very shortly thereafter, he was diagnosed. Uh, You know, he had an eight and a six-year-old at the time. Uh, and we were, as a family, really living in the prime of our lives. Um, you know, we were, we were living a, a perfect life, so to speak. Um, you know, if we flash forward to now, um, it doesn't take long with this uh, disease to progress. He can no longer use his arms and legs. He can't walk. Um, he has a feeding tube hanging out of his stomach. Um, and just recently, he's really not able to speak much. It's It's really devastating.
0: That is Adrian Gao, wife of Greg Gao, uh, lawyer, dad, baseball coach, diagnosed with ALS in 2019 at age 48. One of the big problems that Greg has had, of course, is that to access clinical trials meant leaving BC often. Uh, he's had to make trips to Montreal, although there was some good news in BC since we had that conversation. Joining me now with more is Wendy Toyer. She's director of the ALS Society of British Columbia. Wendy, thank you so much for your time tonight. Thank you, Ben. I mean, it, Adrian um, Gao really spells a a, a very, you know, a troubling, it's troubling. It's a sad picture. It's a really devastating disease. Um, The importance, I guess, this month is just to raise awareness because I gather Canadians still don't know a lot about it.
2: No, unless ALS affects you directly, sometimes it kind of flies under the wire. However, um, this month is ALS Awareness Month across Canada, and there's over 120 events happening just in British Columbia to support people living with ALS and to support Project HOPE, which is our new campaign to have clinical trials in British Columbia, as well as having cutting edge research here at UBC.
0: I understand that one of the issues has been accessing those clinical trials, as as Adrian Gao was, was pointing out uh, in their interview, that he's had to travel to Montreal for some of these. So it's nice to hear that we're trying to put them in the places where people with ALS can access them.
2: Absolutely. And it's quite amazing to me that during a pandemic, in two years, we were able to raise the $5.3 million to establish the ALS professorship at UBC, which is an endowed trust, which means that that position will be in place in perpetuity. Our next goal that we've set is $20 million to support research, to build a clinic at UBC, as well as to find a cure for this disease. And, you know, in... The month of March, we raised $2.3 million towards that goal. So during June, ALS Awareness Month, we have the move to cure ALS, which is happening in 13 locations around the province. And the revenue from those events, 40%, will go to Project HOPE.
0: Because, I I mean, I remember the government announcement in April. Uh, It really feels like the push is now on to try to create uh, a hub here in BC, but also a hub that would benefit everybody in this country to some extent uh, to really try and to devote more money, time and energy uh, to finding some of these answers that you speak of.
2: You know, I think what we have done and, and certainly listening to our constituents or people living with ALS is in the past, the model has been to pull the money throughout Canada into one pot and then grants would be um, provided from that money to multiple researchers. And unfortunately, it takes a long time to put together a grant application. And of those grant applications, only 15% get funding. But the funding is not enough to get us to where we need to go. We have seen worldwide with the pandemic how quickly we can get a vaccine for a pandemic in a year and we've been waiting over 100 years for some kind of advancement with ALS. And currently in Canada, there's only two approved drugs that will only minimally affect your progression with ALS. So now is the time. And in our model, we're putting 100% of the proceeds raised for research in British Columbia to Project HOPE to that clinic at UBC.
0: What are the challenges? I mean, I, I spoke about them a bit, but but uh, you you know you speak to people and families every day who are co- who are coping with this. Um, mm-hmm. I remember Greg saying that you don't live with disabilities when you have ALS; you're dying with disabilities. I found that very powerful. Um, what are the challenges now? What are the big challenges that need to be sorted? Uh, and you have mentioned obviously Project Hope, but uh, other things that that uh, people with ALS are are facing day in day out uh, in this province and elsewhere.
2: Sure. So the ALS Society of British Columbia was born 41 years ago, and at that time, the core services was our equipment loan program. Because in British Columbia, when you're diagnosed with a disease like ALS, if you don't have extended health, you're on the hook for providing your medical equipment, which in most cases will be anywhere to about $150,000, $160,000 over the course of your illness. So ALS Society BC now has an equipment program that we provide all the medical equipment you need to have the best quality of life possible while living with ALS at no charge to you. And I am very thankful for our donors that nobody in British Columbia is on a wait list. That being said, our end goal is to end this disease. And this is why We have built our organization to a point where our services are sustainable through our endowment portfolios. So now we're taking that leap of faith and in partnership with the province of British Columbia and the University of British Columbia, we're able to dream big and to bring this cutting-edge research to UBC to establish a world-class facility where there's going to be clinical care, there's going to be research, and there's going to be support.
0: (laughs) Uh, w- there must be a challenge in that because, as you well know, um, you know, press release aside, people living with this don't live long. So, uh, you know, ha- what kind of timeline are we looking at here? And I mean, obviously, any first step is a good first step. Um, but what kind of timeline are we looking at? And, and, and in the interim, what kind of you know, work to do to try and to improve this? You know
2: things? what I said. Absolutely, and, and what I've always said is. The time is right now. We don't have a time frame. The time is now because people living with ALS do not have the luxury of time. And I've been in my position now going on 18 years and I've seen too many families and people that have been affected by this disease. So I believe in the new model that if we put our money behind one strong clinical scientist, that we can then provide that funding that's in place. And I believe people are supporting that. That's why we've been able to generate the amount of revenue we've had over the last two and a half years.
0: Yeah, there's certainly been a lot of support for it. It sounds like like a great idea. I know uh, there's a lot of stuff coming up over the course of the month that people can get involved in just to raise awareness. And we'll talk a bit about that uh, right after this. Well, this half hour, we're talking about ALS. It is ALS Awareness Month in uh, in Canada. And uh, Wendy Toyer, Director of the ALS Society of British Columbia, is here with us this half hour to talk about some of what's going on. So I understand you mentioned it off the top. There are lots of activities this month. Um, what are some of the things people should be looking out for if they'd like to get involved?
2: Well, for people in the Vancouver area tonight, you're going to see the city light up purple, which is a color of support for people living with ALS. And also throughout British Columbia, iconic structures will light up in the color purple, including the excuse me the legislature buildings in Victoria, uh, the buildings, the fountains, and the entrance will all be in the color purple, and that will show support for ALS. Tomorrow, the Major League Baseball T- uh, League is going to be hosting Luke Garrick Day to raise money and awareness for ALS. And throughout the month of June, we have thirteen locations who will be hosting the Move to Cure ALS, and that you can find the locations on our website, alsbc.ca. As well as 38 golf courses throughout British Columbia, uh, the golf professionals of the PJABC will be golfing from sunrise to sunset to show their support for people living with ALS and their cus- customers and members can pledge their supports by making donations for their efforts. And quite honestly, it's it's quite an astounding event. Over the last 16 years, $2.3 million has been raised for ALS, just with the PGABC.
0: Wendy, you you said earlier you've been been at this position for 18 years. Mm -hmm. It it must be gratifying, to some senses, when you see awareness being raised, because it feels like, although it's been, there's still a long road to travel, I suspect, but it feels like the awareness has been raised. You mentioned the legislature buildings uh, and so on. That recognition feels like at least it's You're making progress.
2: I I definitely see us moving forward. And I will say that um, for the first time, I think, in history, every MLA in the province of BC, no matter what their political background is, supported Project HOPE unanimously. And they continue and have pledged continued support with us and UBC to get to that end. So we're really excited about this. And, um, you know, our dream is a world without ALS, and if the cure comes from BC, that's fantastic because it will benefit everybody living throughout the world.
0: What are you hearing from just just day to day? What are you hearing from uh, about the importance of this month for those mm-hmm. out there, the families particularly, but you know those living with ALS and their families? Uh, I noticed some photos today of people sort of getting ready to to spread the message, and there must be something. It, it must be. A good, a good feeling to be out there, you know, sharing sharing what you're going through at the same time as raising awareness as well. So, what's what's the mood like? I guess is the the long way to make that question short.
2: Well, I'm very grateful that um, we are now able to gather in person because it's been two years since I've been able to travel the province to be with families, donors, our volunteers. Our volunteers are outstanding. Um, you know, to to actually get to be with people again. But more importantly, I feel we're moving forward in a very positive way. You know, since the ALS Ice bucket challenge in 2014, there are a number of really promising clinical trials that are coming through the research pipeline, and now those trials are going to be happening right here in British Columbia, and I believe with our partnership with UBC and the province of BC, um, we will have a center of excellence.
0: Any last? I mean, you've mentioned how people can get involved, and uh, also about Project Hope. What what after that? Um, what should we be looking for in terms of of steps with Project Hope? What's the what's the? I, mean, I keep using the word timeline, but what should we expect hmm. in terms of progress uh, on Project Hope?
2: In the very near future, we will be announcing the name of the clinician scientist who will head Project Hope. Uh, there, that that's being recruited through UBC, and and there are candidates that are are considering the position. So I'm very hopeful that within the next few weeks, we'll be able to announce that person and then move forward together and continue to raise funds. So in our model, which is really important, is that when currently, if you want to apply for a grant for a research, for ALS research, you apply and you, it takes a tremendous amount of time and energy to prepare that grant. It could take anywhere from 12 to 24 months to get your answer back. And again, only 15% of those grant applications are um, provided, and they're, they're just little pieces of the pie. It could be 150000 whatever. We need millions of dollars to get a cure for this disease. And exciting to me is that we're going to be housed at the Center for Brain Health at University of British Columbia, where Alzheimer's and Parkinson's are also being researched. And those are the three neurodegenerative diseases. So having the scientists all working under the same roof, eliminating the silos and collaborating and sharing research is extremely exciting to me because any breakthrough in any of those three diseases will definitely benefit each other. So it's important for us to collaborate and work together and um, You know, the accountability piece is also very important to us, so every year we'll be able to go back to the province of BC, to our donors, to the people that we serve, and explain to them exactly how their money was invested and what we have progressed to.
0: As you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, certainly what we witnessed during COVID-19 is a reminder that when, uh, when the, where there is a will, there is a way. And as you mentioned, it's been more than a century that uh, we've made very little progress in, in finding a cure for ALS. So congratulations on the project. Look forward to hearing the announcement of who the first clinician shall be. And uh, good luck and uh, good luck with your with awareness month.
2: And thank you so much for your support. It's really important to everybody that's affected by ALS in this province and throughout Canada.